If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, I've got to tell you, what I watched last night is um, something for the ages, and I hope you saw it too. If not, we'll talk about it here this morning. Welcome to the Todd Huff Show. It's a pleasure to be here. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show should you want to watch the program live or on demand, so long as our friends at Facebook allow that to happen. Again, good to be here. Thank you for joining us. This coronavirus task force briefing last night, I think, I think was the best press conference Trump has put on ever. And I know that that's saying quite a bit. I was... Look, they came into this, he came into this, both guns ablazing, so to speak, if you're allowed to say that in today's PC culture. He was ready uh, to take the media on for what they had been doing for the, I don't know what, the the previous 24 hours or whatever. The, the, The narrative was that Fauci, we talked about this yesterday, Fauci and Trump had basically, you know, couldn't work together. That Trump was on the verge of firing uh, Fauci. That Fauci was insinuating that Trump's inaction when on CNN with Jake Tapper, that Trump should have acted sooner and that because Trump did not act sooner, people died. Now, from, from the coronavirus. So... So Trump, knowing Trump, and and anyone who thinks that Trump is just going to sit back and not respond to this has not been paying attention to anything that's happened in the past three and a half years, the past five years, the the history of, of Donald Trump prior to becoming President Trump. That is not in the personality, makeup of President Donald Trump, and he's not going to sit back and let these allegations be stated against him. He's not going to be blamed for what's transpired with the coronavirus because because that's not what happened. And by the way, thank goodness that we have a 
president, a Republican president who's finally prepared to do this because this is something that the Republican Party has not seen for some time. The Republican Party typically, and we've talked about this on this program, in fact, I go back to 2016, and I remember when we had several, I think, good candidates back then running for president. There were 17 at the beginning of this. There weren't 17 good candidates, but there were 17 candidates. And I remember, I remember talking about this back three, four years ago now. No, four plus years ago. Gee, many. Isn't that crazy? Time flies. But I remember talking about kind of the the, the pluses of, of each of the candidates. I remember talking, I remember doing one show even where I talked about something that I liked about all of the candidates that were in the field at that point. I think the only one I really, really had trouble with was Kasich, who at the end of this race was running fourth in a field of two, if you remember. But anyway, so we went through this this process of of you know kind of comparing and contrasting, and I made I made this observation, which still which still holds true today, by the way. The observation is that conservatives and Republicans in general were looking for two things in a president. Number one, they were looking for someone who was fundamentally conservative or who had conservative principles. And number two, they were looking for someone who candidly wasn't a wimp, who candidly wasn't one who was going to sit back and let things transpire and not respond to them, sit quietly while the media had a heyday insulting them, assaulting them, and nothing. Crickets. That Republicans had had enough of that. They, they, they had watched this happen with President George W. Bush back in the early 2000s. They watched as the media maligned, attacked, destroyed President Trump for a long time long time and nothing in return the, the 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 administration did nothing in return they took the position and i know that there are some today who long for these days but they took the position that we're not going to dignify the accusations with the response the only problem is the only problem is when they have the effective bully pulpit and they attack and malign and insult and assault you for months on end with no response, this begins to be the perspective that people see as being true. And so President Trump's approval numbers dipped. This ultimately led to a Democratic Congress back in the day. We watched as President Bush, if I said Trump there, forgive me, I'm talking about President George W. Bush. We watched as the administration became uh, less and less, uh, you could almost say relevant, because they sat there and took it on the proverbial chin for so long, and they didn't do anything about it. Nothing. They sat there and didn't respond, and they didn't respond, and they didn't respond. And so this, of course, upsets Republicans. It's not necessarily true, although there are some that I think would agree, would say that they want to see a constant fight with the president, but it's not necessarily true that Conservatives want to see the president fighting constantly with everybody. They just don't want to see the president not fight back. And so I've said, and you know this, you know this, that the media strategy is to attack Republicans. I was, I was thinking about this this last night. It's, 
you know, President Trump's basically out there promoting or reminding us the actions he's taken on this coronavirus pandemic. And he's talking about the effectiveness, even though we we have seen numbers and we'll continue to see some some troubling numbers. He's pointing out the actions he's taken has prevented uh, this from being even worse, perhaps much, much worse. Estimates in the whatever it was, two and a half, two point two million potential deaths early on uh, were projected at least amongst the coronavirus task force. And now we're in the uh, what are we in the twenty twenty some thousand in the twenty three thousand range, I think, right now. Um but I remember I've been contrasting this in my mind with 2009 when Obama just took office and they touted for a long, long time the, the economic calamity they saved us from. You remember this? You remember we, we listened to them you know, talk about this recession, actually depression that they had saved us from. If, if President Obama had not taken the actions and the Liberals in Congress had not taken the actions they did. They they were they were praised, and the media didn't question this narrative. The media accepted this narrative as absolutely true. In fact, I've made the comment before that the left has saved us from more hypothetical crises than anyone else in the history of mankind because this is their their way of looking at things, their way of doing things. They can't save us from real crises. In fact. In fact, if you look at liberalism as a whole, liberalism as a whole creates government as a whole, creates a whole lot more crises than things that they actually solve. In fact, government, in the mind of the radical left, government is really nothing more than um, – now, they won't admit this, but you could – since they believe everything can be micromanaged, they it's effectively that – a problem is created by the government that then the government comes in to, you know, swoops in to save us from. Reagan talked about that even back in the 1980s. And so Trump is a fighter. Trump is not going to take these things on the chin. He's not going to take these things lying down. And he did not yesterday. He did not disappoint. I thought this press conference was absolutely the best one that I've seen Trump do. In fact, it even included a video, if you did <laughs> If you didn't see it, they produced a video basically highlighting the things that President Trump has done, the actions he's taken. They put together sound bites from governors, governors who are both Democrat and Republican, talking about the positive actions that President Trump has taken, talking, talking about the things that uh, the, the way that they have dealt with President Trump, and in fact, they played the soundbite of Governor Newsom from California talking about, he said, hey, if I had something, you know, I, I don't have anything negative to say about the way President Trump is handling this. By the way, I saw New, uh, Newsom's approval numbers in handling this coronavirus crisis in California is at 83%. 83%. Now, I know a big chunk of California is liberal, but there's a lot of conservative areas in the state of California. I know that that might blow the mind of some, but that is true. There are certainly pockets 
They're just outnumbered dramatically, but there are pockets of large numbers of conservatives. Just pales in comparison to San Francisco and Los Angeles. But nonetheless, there are. And so if he has 83% approval, he has the approval at this point from from conservatives and, and Republicans. And so that basically is because of things like that. He's he's not attacking the president during this time. In fact, he's saying he's doing some good things and that he's been good to work with. In fact, everything that they've needed in the state of California, President Trump has responded to with a yes, at least anything that he could. And that's the record. Andrew Cuomo, even Governor Cuomo in the state of New York, has had good things to say about President Trump. The only people that cannot ever find anything good to say ever about President Trump reside in the media or perhaps a few uh, just folks in the Democrat, well, a couple of Democrats, right, in the Democratic Party. But even occasionally you'll hear some some decent things, at least from people that uh, in, in day-to-day life, you know, people that you encounter, you'll, you'll find the leadership of the Democratic Party not saying anything good about President Trump as well. And that's just part and parcel of who they are and, and how they've decided to get into election campaigning politics. This is not, they're not going to say anything good. They take the the mindset, they take the approach that anything good, anything good we say about President Trump is damaging to our election chances. And so they're not going to do that. Now, we've talked about the state rep from the uh, from the state of Michigan, who actually from the city of Detroit, who praised President Trump for his promotion of the drug hydroxychloroquine. And so there are some that, that still can see past the political nomenclature, the names that we assign, the labels. I mean, ideologies are important. I don't mean to undermine that, but some people can see past that. But if you're in the media and if you're in a position of leadership in the Democratic Party, that's not going to happen. And so they've been attacking, maligning, assaulting, insulting President Donald J. Trump for his reaction or lack of reaction in their minds to coronavirus. And so Trump has had enough. And so that's what the foundation and the premise was as he took to that podium yesterday. He did not disappoint. It was, again, one of the best press con- – I think it was the best press conference that he has done. and actually led to MSNBC cutting out. They were, <laughs> they were showing this thing live, and they cut out because it was propaganda. MSNBC <laughs> cut out of it because President Trump showed a – dare showed a video – at the uh, at the press conference yesterday. So we'll talk about all this, and we'll talk about what Fauci said yesterday as well. We'll get to these things as the program comes together. So sit tight. We'll continue this discussion in just a minute. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. By the way, a little bit later in the program, once we get through this press conference, there's a story from tough guy Chris Cuomo. And by the way, that has nothing to do. He's earned that nickname by virtue of how he behaves on his program each and every night. 
not because of his coronavirus diagnosis. That has nothing to do with it. I he had a rant yesterday on his radio show that I want to I want to get to as well. That has really humored me this morning, but we'll get to that as as the program comes together. So I want to get to Fauci. So Fauci speaks first. Well, Trump speaks first yesterday at this press conference, this briefing, this update regarding coronavirus with the coronavirus task force. Trump comes forward, and I could tell from the beginning something was a little bit different because normally, normally when Trump reads his statement, it it doesn't have the same energy. I've, I've told my wife before that Trump Trump really kind of comes into his own. He's in his element once there's that back and forth with the media. And so it wasn't, you know, it, normally he reads that uh, statement and it just doesn't, it doesn't have it yet. It's, it, it's not, he's not clicking yet. He's not quite, I don't know. He, he's just not quite there yet to me as, as I watch this. Yesterday he was. You could feel it from the beginning. He came in ready for a fight. And he didn't get too far into his remarks when he paused and had Fauci come to the podium. Because again, the whole reason that we had this fight yesterday is because the media has been furthering a narrative, a stupid, ridiculous narrative that suggests uh, that Fauci was trying to say that President Trump's lack of action in February, in February, is what ultimately is costing uh, you know thousands of Americans their lives due to coronavirus. And Trump's again not having anything to do with this because again, in Trump's mind, he has taken actions. He's banned flights from China. He banned travel from Europe. He banned finally after well, I'll say finally, but a day or two later, he banned travel from uh, from the uh, from Great Britain. And so he's tried to shut these things down, and he pointed out that a lot of these time frames that the the media is blaming Trump for not acting, he cited the numbers. He's like, we don't have even have a case, a, a, a confirmed case in our country at this time. We don't have a confirmed death. There's zero cases and zero death, and you're wanting me to shut down the country. You didn't want it back then. In fact, he put again, they put together this video, which was fantastic. It showed the media and what they were saying about the coronavirus. There were so-called experts out there saying that this would be no worse than the flu. The flu is uh, worse than coronavirus. Uh, we're not going to get this and all these sorts of things. And the media had these experts on. We even compared uh, early on here. We were talking about just perspective, and a lot of people do this. It's all it's all intent and perspective. But we we talked here about perspective of numbers. We always had a respect for this, but we didn't want to have an overblown fear to this here. And so we talked about perspective because fear, look, when you put a focus on something, and a, a laser focus, and, and we should focus on this, but when there's such a, such a focus on it, uh, you begin to drive 
drive a certain type of behavior and you see things like runs on toilet paper or problems getting uh, you know with with meat packing facilities getting meat delivered to places and so forth or whatever's next there's there's consequences from fear and panic there's a difference between fear and panic and having perspective having respect for the disease without minimizing it without saying it's nothing to be concerned about we've never taken that position on this program but to say instead that perspective matters and that you know there's uh, we just need to understand what we're dealing with quantify it and be able to to deal with it but there's some out there that were saying it's nothing i mean kind of almost mocking it or acting like it was nothing at all not to be concerned about and so trump's showing this video but the first thing that they wanted to do before even showing the video trump wanted fauci to come up and explain his comments explain what he was saying when he was asked that question by jake tapper of cnn uh, over the weekend because again it had been misconstrued to mean that president trump didn't act quickly enough in the in the mind of dr fauci that is not what he said we talked about this yesterday you can go back and listen to i mean dr fauci's i think been consistent you know in, in what he's been saying and he's had good things to say about president trump as far as him taking the recommendations of the task force and as far as him taking action when it was appropriate to do so. And so listen to Dr. Fauci's response because they're wanting to basically tell the media you've been you have been misrepresenting what Dr. Fauci has been saying. And so that's where this begins and I want you to hear this again Dr. Fauci yesterday at the coronavirus task force briefing addressing the misrepresentation of comments that he made over the weekend to Jake Tapper by the media. Here it is. I wanted to make is that I, I, I had uh, an interview yesterday that I was asked a, a hypothetical question. Uh, and hypothetical questions sometimes can get you into some difficulty because it's what would have or could have. The nature of the hypothetical question was if, in fact, we had mitigated earlier. Could lives have been saved? And the answer to my question was, as I always do, and I'm doing right now, perfectly honestly, say, yes. I mean, obviously, if you, mitigation helps. I've been up here many times telling you that mitigation works. So if mitigation works and you instigate it and, and you initiate it earlier, you will probably have saved more lives. If you initiated it later, you probably would have lost more lives. You initiated at a certain time. That was taken as a way that maybe somehow something was at fault here. So let me tell you from my experience, and I can only speak from my own experience, is that we had been talking before any meetings that we had about the pros and the cons, the effectiveness or not of strong mitigations. So discussions were going on mostly among the medical people about what that would mean. The first and only time that Dr. Burks and I went in and formally made a recommendation to the president to actually have a, quote, shutdown in the sense of not really shutdown, but to really have strong mitigation. We discussed it. Obviously, there would be concern by some 
that in fact that might have some negative consequences. Nonetheless, the president listened to the recommendation and went to the mitigation. The next second time that I went with Dr. Burks into the president and said, 15 days are not enough. We need to go 30 days. Obviously, there were people who had a problem with that because of the potential secondary effects. Nonetheless, at that time, the president went with the health recommendations and we extended it another 30 days. So I can only tell you what I know and what my recommendations were. But clearly, as happens all the time, there were interpretations of that response to a hypothetical question that I just thought it would be very nice for me to clarify because I didn't have the chance to clarify. Yes, interpretations. Yes, that's, I mean, look, that that's a little naive there at the end, but he's right. What I mean, what he's saying is, is when I've gone to the president, it wasn't like we went to the president in February and said, let's start mitigation. Because, by the way, that wasn't happening. You know what was happening back then? Impeachment. That's what we were talking about back in that time frame was impeachment. Impeachment of President Trump for some stupid, ridiculous, juvenile accusations, non-impeachable offenses, stupid stuff that's talk about distractions and talk about having your priorities out of whack and not doing things that you should be doing as an elected representative of of your constituents. Look at what Congress was doing back during that time frame. That's what was happening then. Fauci said, I go to the president. We've gone to the president twice, once to begin mitigation, once to extend uh, the guidelines, and he gave us exactly what we asked for both times. He didn't sit here and say, let me think about it. He didn't sit here and say, we don't know yet. I don't want to listen to my doctors. He didn't say that. He acted. Narrative squash, except for the narrative isn't squash. And by the way, the only part I disagree with, of course, I don't know what happened behind closed doors, but the only thing I disagree with regarding his his statement here is that it's not a misunderstanding. It's not a uh, just a, a different perspective on comments. They want to use these uh, use these comments as a blunt force instrument politically. That's what they want to do. End of story. It's not misunderstanding. It's not having a different interpretation. It's having a different agenda. It's having a different motive. It's having uh, what we call a political axe to grind and the insatiable desire to stop Donald J. Trump into you know, get him out of office, prevent him from being reelected. This is what the media is first and foremost concerned with. And I've got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd. I'll be back here in just a minute. You know, I want to take a moment to welcome one of our newest advertisers, and that is Remodel Health. Remodel Health is the health benefits software for employers that helps you save money and care better for your team. And did you know that their software helps you cut your health care costs by an average of 30 to 50% by shifting from overpriced group plans to affordable individual plans chosen by the employee. This is an innovative, brilliant. I, I love 
how the market and groups of people getting together with a great idea, with a great product, something like this software. I've gotten to know these folks at Remodel Health fairly, fairly well. I can't explain all the details of the software, but I can tell you it's pretty incredible what the software helps you as a business owner to do. And so if you want to learn more, you can go to their website, remodelhealth.com slash Todd. You can download a guide and you can learn more about how they've helped other businesses with their health benefits. So I encourage you to do that if you're a business owner, if you're someone um, if you're someone in HR. Heck, if you just are good friends, have a good relationship with the owner, owners of your company, have them you know recommend that they check this out because it will very, very likely save them, uh, save your company 30 plus percent on health plans. So check that out, remodelhealth.com slash Todd. It's great to have them here on the program. So, okay, so we've been talking about this press conference yesterday. We've been talking about the way Trump handles this situation, how he handles the accusations Dr. Fauci came up and addressed the misrepresentations of what's going on um, with the way the media was covering his remarks. He basically said that wasn't what I was saying. I didn't mean to imply that President Trump should have acted sooner. In fact, the first time we came to him asking for mitigation, he gave us that. The next time we went to him with a recommendation, which was to extend to 30 days, the guidelines on mitigation. He gave us that. So I don't really know. Dr. Fauci didn't say this, but essentially I don't really know what you're talking about because that's not what that's not what I said. It was misinterpreted, as he said. No, it wasn't misinterpreted. That was the intent. That's how they wanted to use it. That's why when this is why Trump calls it fake news, folks. This is why. This is exactly why. Because they don't go in the into these meetings, these press briefings. Or these interviews, they don't go in wanting to hear the side of the story of the president's team. They don't want to hear, um, you know, this. They, they don't want to talk about it objectively. They want to find something in the interview, find something in the presser, find something at the update that hurts President Trump. That's it. That is what they're seeking to do, folks. It is reprehensible. It is not journalism. It is a disgrace to anyone who back in the day actually did real journalism. This is not what we're dealing with today. They're looking for a narrative. They're looking for, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, brick by brick, piece by piece. And that's how they view this. They want to then point to this massive number of things that uh, they can say President Trump lied 16,285 times or whatever the fabricated number is. You're supposed to be not impressed by the individual specific allegation. You're not to be convinced by that. You're to be convinced by some massive number, a number that's so massive you wouldn't even dare to question it. I mean, would you say, explain to me why there's 16,000 lies? No, you would say, oh, okay. Anyway. Anyway, um, can I take a time out here? The, this, again, if you haven't seen the press conference, I actually encourage you to check it out. In fact, I'm probably going to post, if I can find the video, 
I'm going to post the video to our Facebook page, the video that they played. And I want to talk a little bit about MSC and NBC cutting out. I still want to talk a little bit about Chris Cuomo. We got Bernie Sanders out there endorsing Biden. Stinking Biden. During the endorsement, Biden acts shocked. I mean, you got a live stream on Biden's website. Bernie comes on. There's no way in the world that Biden doesn't know why Bernie's on his live stream. There's no there's no conceivable way that this is now I know it's Biden, so maybe Biden doesn't know. So maybe I should back up. There's no way in the world that any rational human being who wasn't engaged in political theater, bad political theater, there's no reason anyone in the world would not know the reason Bernie was on his program. And when Bernie makes Bernie makes the announcement yesterday. Biden was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Oh, wow. I can't believe it. He didn't say that, but his face did. That's what we're supposed to believe. Anyway, there's so much to talk about, but I do. I, I, I want to talk more about this about this press conference. I want to talk about MSNBC cutting away. I want to talk about charges of propaganda. I mean, it's just it's too rich and too fun and too entertaining for me. Although there are some people out there today who actually buy this garbage and nonsense. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to watch the press conference. I'm going to try to dig it up and put it on my Facebook page here, uh, maybe even this uh, this break. But got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, still trying to find just the video, just the video of of what I saw last night at this press conference. Um, basically, so the video, um, and I'll, again, I'll, I'll find it and post it to Facebook today. But the the video, literally, so Trump's at the podium and he's he's talking to the media. Right again, he's dealing with the allegations that he has been uh, non responsive. To the coronavirus. He didn't act quickly enough. And as a result, he's effectively directly responsible, right? This, this is the narrative now. Trump's, Trump's lack of fast action concerning coronavirus is, it has literally cost people's lives. That is what, that is what the narrative is. And, and by the way, it is at this particular point in this process, I've said on here before, and I, I stand by this. This is not the point. This is not the point in time to assign blame to anybody. It's just not, not even to Cuomo, not to, I mean, not to anyone, not to any particular governor. There's nothing wrong with, I guess, raising questions, but we're we're into a complete, uh, just all-out assault against President Trump here. That is the narrative. President Trump didn't act quickly enough. And so Trump says, that's a bunch of baloney. I acted quicker than, of course, the way Trump thinks and the way Trump talks about it, the quicker than anyone that's ever acted about anything. This administration acted quicker than anything any administration's ever had to deal with. It's a magnificent, it's a beautiful thing, right? This is how Trump talks about it. And, you know, I know there's some that have a problem with that, but what he's doing is again he's he's trying to communicate with he's trying to push back against the narrative if you if you give the media 
a metaphorical inch here. They will take a metaphorical mile, metaphorical more than a mile. And so he's not going to give in. And he says, look, there's no evidence that any of this is true. And he starts recanting all these things, and he's and he's sitting in a, you know with his task force. He says, "You know what? We should just make a video. Let's just grab the sound bites, let's put them together, let's let's show the sound bites of the media interviewing doctors who were comparing this to the the to the flu. Actually, who were saying you should be more concerned with the flu than you are with with coronavirus." Doctor Fauci, I want you to get up there and tell the the folks in the media. Of course, Fauci was asked if, if Trump put him up to it, and he basically you know, said, I'm, I'm just telling this to, to straighten the record. But there's a discussion in the, you know, in the briefing room. Go up there and just, and just tell the people. Tell the media what happened. Did, did I ever tell you no, Dr. Fauci? Did I say we weren't going to do mitigation? Did I say we were not going to extend the, uh, the, the guidelines? To protect American lives? No, this is nonsense. This is stupid. In fact, let's look at the governors. Since we're talking about misinformation here, MSNBC is concerned about misinformation, which is nonsense. MSNBC is misinformation. I'll say that again because I kind of like that. MSNBC is concerned about Trump spreading misinformation. Meanwhile, MSNBC is quite literally misinformation. The Misinformation Network. I'm sure there's an acronym there or acrostic, whatever you call it, M, beginning with mis- misinformation. There's probably something there that, that that could stand for, and it's probably darn accurate. But Trump says, fire up the video. Let's show this. MSNBC cuts out of this. Hey, oh, my goodness. We've never seen anything like this. Such in- misinformation since the Vietnam War. Lyndon Johnson. We cannot even begin to show you this. This has crossed a... This has crossed a line in presidential press conferences that we can't even let you see, folks. We can't let you see this. If we let you see this, you will likely be damaged for life. Absolutely astonished. It's not astonishing. It's MSNBC. But nonetheless, this is what they do. This is how they behave. And this is time for me to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. I know, look, there's a lot of things I didn't get to. I didn't get to, let me get this straight, Bernie endorsing Biden. I about said Biden endorsing Bernie, although I wouldn't be surprised if Biden came out and endorsed Bernie for president. We didn't get to that. Next hour, I hope to get to that. I also had teased something, mentioned something earlier on, Chris Cuomo having a meltdown on his radio show. Apparently, he doesn't like his gig at CNN. I can't say I blame him. Tough guy, Chris Cuomo. And let's see. Also, I want to say this in closing because President Trump had a phenomenal press conference yesterday but there was a part that was at least concerning to me they were talking about reopening the country so to speak and president trump says he had absolute authority over the states in this regard of course we know that the president doesn't have absolute authority over the states and a a nation that respects states rights and a nation uh, built upon federalism but 
I think we need to understand what he's saying. Trump talks in these grandiose terms. I think what he's talking about is as it pertains to ending the declaration uh, order. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. STGC soon. 